Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's LA's only local radio station on a Monday morning. I mean, it's LA's only local radio station. It just happens to be Monday morning. We're the only one on Tuesday mornings, too. Also, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, all those days. Joining us now is State Senator Eric Brakey. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Bright and early. Bright, bright and early, yes. It's getting, it feels like it gets a little earlier each time, yet it isn't. So, yeah, that's that's obviously good. We'll recap everything that happened from last Tuesday. Uh, local Auburn elections uh, just happened here recently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm glad you bring it up because I, I I just wanted to have the opportunity to publicly congratulate all all the folks who who won their local elections here in Auburn, uh, especially uh, Mayor Jonathan Labonte. I really look forward to working with him in the next couple of years, um, as I have been these last uh, this last year since I was elected. You know, uh, and a, and also a big thank you to all the local candidates, uh, whether they won or, or didn't win for putting themselves out there. I know what it's like to put yourself under under that microscope and have people evaluate you. Uh, so whether they, they won or, or they didn't win, I want to thank all our candidates for putting themselves out there. But, um, but I am looking forward to – I've had a lot of conversations with Mayor Jonathan Labonte and, and with uh, some members of the school committee. There's a lot of work that needs to be done going forward on trying to make sure um, we're, we're on the course to getting – a new Edward Little High School here here in in Auburn, um, and the, one of the big obstacles for this over the last well the last several years has been that um, we've been waiting on. There's a state program that we all pay into. Everyone across the state pays into, which goes towards the funding of new constructing uh, new new schools across the state. And it's and it's based on you get in line, and it's based on it's based on perceived need. Well, there's been a lot of difficulties in trying to you know get get you know what Auburn is is due in terms of that funding for construction of a new Edward Little High School. I've been working with uh, Mayor Labonte, working with the uh, superintendent and and, the, and some members of the school committee and along with the entire Auburn delegation on really trying to uh, see that that happens. So over the next couple of years I'm hoping that we make some real forward progress there. I've actually got a bill in that's uh trying to trying to help out with that, but that's uh but that's going to be a, a big issue the next couple of years, and I'm glad that Jonathan Labonte has really got a vision to try to make that happen, and happy to work with him. It's a, it's been quite a quite a thing here for a little while. You you can tell that that El's uh, high school is is def, definitely in need of an upgrade, and you know you, you see that all the time. I see folks that come in here as guests, and you're talking about professionals, and they choose to go and live, even though they work here in the Lewiston Auburn area. You know, they choose to live somewhere else. They choose to live down in Falmouth. They choose to live down in Cape Elizabeth or wherever, mm-hmm. and you can't really blame them. I mean, because they they want to make sure they're going their their kids are getting the best stuff and the best technology and the best whatever. If they're not affording to send them to private school, they're they're living in a different area. So, you know, it, in terms of importance, uh, getting a new high school for Edward Little, we want to move Maine forward. We can come up with all the catchy little hashtags that we want. If we don't get Auburn a new high school, you're not going to start getting the people in here that you want to get in here. Well, you know, and it's something that, and I always try to kind of. Uh, you know, m- make sure 
keep one thing in perspective. I think that Auburn has a real – We should, I want to make sure we don't confuse our education with the facilities. Correct. Cause, cause we 100%. Because we have here in Auburn, I mean, we have we have a great education system where there's some really innovative things Good going teachers. on. Good teachers. Our teachers uh, do a tremendous job. Um, but we also want to make sure that we have the do what we can to have the facilities that that complement that. And the facilities, the facilities, uh, you know, over the last couple of years have been deteriorating, and and it's time, it's 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 time to you know get an upgrade. Um, so and it, but I'm really excited. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways you can do this. Um, you, we could just go the traditional route of we've had we've had a high school. We're gonna. Let's have a new high school just like we did last time. But this is also an opportunity for some new ideas. I know Mayor Jonathan Labonte has especially been bringing forward a lot of innovative ideas on different routes we can go to really uh, to really make make the new high school uh, a new high school something special in terms of uh, you know in terms of the what we're doing with our kids' education. So there's a lot of different ideas that are going to be on the table in the next couple of years as we try to work this out. And and I'm looking forward to partnering with it and, and trying to make sure on the on the state legislative side we've got our our eyes dotted and our t's crossed. State Senator Eric Brakey joins us. This hour, we'll have more coming up. It's 7.13. It's almost 7.14, if you really want to be precise. 28 degrees outside. It's The Breakfast Club on Z1055. The news continues now on the area's... Continuing now with State Senator Eric Brakey. What's... uh, I know there's some referendum stuff going on. Um, I know session's going to be starting here for you guys shortly. I know couple of key points for uh, for you are, are lowering the income tax and, and reforming welfare. Let's talk a little bit about those. Yeah. Well, I actually had the uh, the pleasure um, on Election Day. I, I stood at the polls all day in Auburn Ward 5 at Sherwood, Sherwood Heights Elementary. And uh, I got signatures for a referendum we're trying to get on the ballot for next year. Um, so got a chance to talk to a lot of constituents about this. What it would do is it would do two things. Um, it would gradually, over the course of four years, so by 2021, it would gradually lower the income tax in the state. From where we're one of the highest income tax states in the country, it would gradually lower it down to 4%. It would make us uh, more competitive with a, lot of, with a lot of the other states in the country, especially as we're trying to attract young professionals to, this, uh, to the state. And, geez, even, even keeping our young people here once right. they graduate, graduate from What from a novel college. concept and idea, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, we're entering this demographic winter where we're going to have our seniors that we have. We have these, uh, these programs that we're going to need to be funding um, for, uh, for our seniors. And if we don't have the young people here, the workforce, uh, we're going to really, really run into it. So uh, it will gradually lower the income tax to 4%, put us kind of in the low to medium range as far as income taxes go uh, across the country. Um, and it does this gradually over the course of four years um, because we can, if you do it gradually, every year the government, you leave, income, you leave tax rates the same, and as the economy grows and expands and there's more economic activity, more money comes into state government year after year. And so, it's, uh, so the lowering of this income tax over, by 2021 could be paid for completely uh, without, cutting, without cutting any funding to existing programs. It's really a situation where projected revenues are such that someone is going to get a raise. Uh, should the state government get a raise by 
um, by expanding government programs, or should the main people get a raise by lowering their tax burden? So that would be the first part of that referendum that we're hoping to have on the ballot in, in 2016 to, to lower the income tax gradually. The second piece of this referendum would be uh, is welfare reform, and this kind of falls into also some of the tax savings uh, too. A lot of the ideas you've heard me talking about, you've heard uh, we've been talking about for a long time trying to accomplish in this state, but the legislature has been just stubbornly unwilling to act on some of these welfare reform ideas. Um, so, for example, and you, you remember I, I campaigned on this and I've been talking about it, things as simple as saying that uh, prohibiting well, state welfare dollars from being spent on alcohol, cigarettes, lottery tickets, uh, saying that uh, Maine welfare dollars need to be spent in Maine. You shouldn't be able to go to Disney World. You shouldn't be able to go to Hawaii or Las Vegas casinos. Like we have actually, we have data showing that Maine welfare, Maine, Maine welfare dollars are being spent in these places, and in, including in all fifty states across the country, Maine welfare dollars are being spent. So these are several reforms that are kind of in this package deal, welfare reform. I'll tell you, I had a great, great opportunity on Election Day, talked to so many people about it, got hundreds of signatures, people. You know, in 2014, uh, when the new legislature was elected, this was one of the clear mandates. It's why Governor LePage got elected by, uh, by such with such record numbers, uh, why uh, so many new legislators like myself came in uh, so strongly. Um, welfare reform. That's what the people ask for. Yet the legislature, um, it seems like in certain corners of the legislature, you know, the people gave us that mandate, but certain corners of the legislature, it's like it never happened. People just completely missed it. So if the legislature is not willing to act on some of these common sense reforms, I say, you know, let's let's give the people an opportunity. That's a a good idea. Coming up, we'll talk with uh, Senator Brakey about more stuff. He'll be with us this hour. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055, always online, Z1055.com. Driving in our four seasons is beautiful. Must be nice. Senator Brakey continues with us now. And uh, previously, uh, previous two segments, we've talked about uh, some of the local Auburn elections, uh, the Edward Little High School, and and hopefully... uh, the steps being taken to get it so they can be uh, renovated and rebuilt or whatever they're going to do with it. Uh, talked about uh, the referendum for lowering the income tax, reforming welfare. Now we're going to talk about the Health and Human Services Committee. And, uh, Senator, what's going on over there? Well, actually, right after this, uh, right after we're done here, I'm driving up to Augusta for a meeting of the Health and Human Services Committee. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm the Senate chairman for the Health and Human Services Committee. And during this uh, period where the legislature is out of session, uh, as a committee, we're doing, we're just having a couple meetings. We're studying uh, allocations of the fund for Healthy Maine and trying to make sure all, all those dollars are being well spent uh, and spent in the right ways. Um, so, so we're working on that, though that's, uh, that's an ongoing, ongoing process. You know, there's a couple of things coming up when we come back. Uh, the legislature will come back in session in January. Uh, and there are a couple issues we'll be taking up as a committee that uh, I think are very important. Um, you know, what, one issue that I don't think it's talked a lot about, but is kind of close, close to my heart, um, is an issue we're actually, we carried over from the last session, which is called right to try. Um, and some people may have heard of this. Some people might not have heard of this, but essentially what right to try legislation does, and, and our committee will be making our recommendation on it, uh, is it seeks to allow terminally ill patients who have exhausted all approved and available medical options, it would allow them the right to try 
experimental medications that have not gone through the full FDA approval process. So we find terminally ill, you know, someone with a diagnosis that gives them less than six months to live. But currently under federal law, the FDA is such that even if you're terminally ill, if, if, a, if a medication that has a chance to help you has not gone through the full FDA approval process, which can take upwards of 10 years and cost companies billions of dollars before it finally gets there, um, as a terminally ill patient, you, you are not allowed to try something that could save your life or could not save your life. But when you're terminally ill, you know, what do you really have to lose? You know, and why do we have government in place trying to protect terminally ill people, you know, from themselves when they're already on a track <laughs> where their their options are pretty bleak? Why not let them try something? If if they if they if they have the proper information uh, and they're willing to and they're willing to try something that there's no guarantee on. Um, so we'll be we'll be uh, working on that in the Health and Human Services Committee. I'm a I'm a big supporter of it. It's been passed in uh, many other states across the country. I believe in Arizona, actually, a couple years back, it was on the ballot, and it passed, like, with 80% of the vote. It's so common sense. Allow terminally ill patients the right to try an experimental medication if they want to. What do they have to lose? So uh, so that's those are a couple items we'll be, we'll be, you know, something we'll be working on in the Health and Human Services Committee uh, this year, as, as well as any other items that come up. Talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, question one, which passed. We'll talk about the ramifications of that and much, much more. 741, it's 30 degrees. Ah, 30. It's The Breakfast Club on Z1055. The Breakfast Club! The news continues now on the area's only. State Senator Eric Brakey stays with us now. Final segment of the 7 o'clock hour. Have more here on the Breakfast Club coming up. Z1055. Renee Roy Photography joins us next hour. You know, you uh, a lot of folks uh, talked about question number one and, and voting no on question one, and, and the yes vote seemed to outweigh the no votes. Uh, what are some of the ramifications for that? Well, first of all, I'll say I thought it was very. Cu- it was a very curious. Um, <laughs> it's a very curious election on this issue, uh, just from the sense of so you have a. a uh, a re- he had a referendum that was premised on the idea that it was going to get special interest money out of politics, except who was it funded by? <laughs> you know, <laughs> millions of dollars came, came into yes on one, and it was funded by out-of-state special interest groups. Meanwhile, the no on one crowd, you know, was going up against a multimillion-dollar machine. They raised about $50,000 from local people here in Maine. And it just kind of makes you wonder – if this is an item that really would effectively get special interest money out of politics, um, why are the special interest groups lining up to support it, and why is there not a, a dollar of special interest money to, to oppose it? It's because it really is. It's ineffective. It's not going to do anything. It's a feel-good measure, and what it really does is it wastes our taxpayer dollars. It, it would say that you have to find $6 million in, in, in taxes to raise on businesses in order to give you know $6 million of taxpayer money to candidates to run their political campaigns. Now, the thing that was really interesting to me was even considering that you had a, a, a homegrown grassroots group raise $50,000 to, uh, to kind of advertise statewide versus a, an out-of-state special interest group that had millions of dollars from out-of-state money. Um, yet it was so surprisingly competitive. In fact, I, I believe I haven't seen the final numbers because they aren't 
up on Secretary of State's website in terms of breaking it down per region. But my understanding is Androscoggin County voted no on one. Um, a lot of different areas vo- voted no on one. In fact, I, my understanding from what I've heard, and I need to see the, the numbers to really break it down, but if you took out kind of Cumberland County where, you know, what, you know, some of us call northern Massachusetts, but if you took out Cum- uh, Cumberland County, uh, no, no on one actually might, might have carried the day. And when you think about that, $50,000 versus a million dollars, the the small little people saying, hey, we don't want to spend more of our tax dollars on welfare for politicians versus these out-of-state groups. That was really, really interesting. But the one of the interesting pieces of this now, um, so two of the pieces, my understanding, should go into effect automatically. Uh, the piece about um, requiring additional disclosure um, in in, in – uh, independent expenditures on who's paying for the ads. Of course, that's just going to turn out you're going to get the name of three different groups. This ad paid for by, you know, funded by, you know, main, uh, you know, that you'll get three groups. You're not going to get the actual donors. Uh, so, the, but that should go into effect as well as some of the stiffer penalties. But the funding for additional money for politicians to run political campaigns, that's put in the legislature's court now. And so, I have a real question on if we're supposed to find $6 million. I mean, where's, where, where exactly are we going to find that? I mean, we just went through the budget process last year where it was pulling teeth to find, you know, even small amounts of money. Um, I, I don't – I think that's going to be a very interesting process to watch where, where, where that money comes from if they can even find that $6 million. Um, and if they do find that $6 million, it really raises the question – um, you know, the 55% education mandate was also voted on by the voters, uh, you know, a long time ago. If we have $6 million lying around, well, hasn't the education mandate really been waiting in line longer? Shouldn't that be first in line? If we have $6 million, we can just spend on these things. So the legislative process is going to be really interesting. I, I don't know that um, it's uh, – I don't know that – we're, we're, there's going to be further to go on this, and I think the fact that the the no on one vote was so surprisingly strong and carried the day in a lot of a lot of districts, but the yes on one vote was really concentrated in Cumberland County. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out in the legislature. State Senator Eric Brakey joins us each month. Good to see you again. Absolutely I'll glad to be you, on. I'll let you get up to your committee meeting and stuff. Of Renee Roy Photography on next hour. It's a Breakfast Club on Z1055 at 7:52. And 31 degrees. The Breakfast Club! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.